0: This is Down by the Bank, an unofficial Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, Episode 5. I'm Corey. Hey, guys, and this is Derek. A really special episode today for Episode 5, our second guest ever, which is awesome. Uh, We're actually joined by Amanda Borges of 1010XL, uh, 92.5 FM, uh, of course, Jacksonville Sports Radio. Um, she reports primarily on the Jaguars and uh, appears on the Frank Frangie show from 3 to 7 each weekday, and then also uh, Helmets and Heels, which is every Tuesday from 7 to 8. Uh, so hello, Amanda, and welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, guys. I, I want to say thanks for having me, but I'm kind of bummed that I'm the second and not the first, but we can talk <laughs> about that later. We'll get into that later. yeah no we appreciate it thanks for having me i appreciate it yeah
0: no that's awesome yeah that's funny but yeah no we certainly appreciate it because we're just starting out and we are nobodies and so for you to do this is really cool so uh thanks so much
1: absolutely
0: Um, so we'll kind of get started. Um, you know, just kind of some uh, background information. Of course, people, you know, really know you well here. Um, but, you know, you spent several years now just uh, working and covering sports in Florida, um, including in central Florida and with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and of course now with the Jaguars. So we were hoping that you could kind of just tell us a little bit about, you know, your path to Jacksonville, um, what brought you here and kind of what brought you to your role now as a reporter for the Jaguars.
1: Sure. Well, I came to Jacksonville for this job that I'm currently in, so to be the reporter uh, for 1010XL for the Jaguars, but I actually started uh, with sports broadcasting when I was 17 years old. I got an internship with the local uh, school's TV station, like the local county TV station uh, back home in the Tampa area, and I was Tasked with going around to different high schools and standing on the sideline of football games and reporting on it as this seventeen-year-old high school girl, and I was just hooked um, (laughs) right then and there. And so from there, I, you know, just got a bunch of internships, whatever I could find. I went to Florida State and um, majored in media communication and sports management. And so I did a bunch of TV projects and sports radio there, and more internships. and then right after college, I moved to Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I was hired as the first female studio host for IMG College. Oh, and I cool. was a blast. So I was the, uh, I was a studio host for Boston College. Um, but it was in North Carolina because that's sort of the hub for IMG College. Um, and then I was there before moving back to Florida to go to Tampa, which is where I'm from, to uh, cover the Bucks. I was the in-stadium host for the Bucks. Um, and then I also managed um, a sports website called Sports Talk Florida while I was there um, and did some radio as well. And then now I'm here in Jacksonville covering the Jaguars. This is my second season covering the team. And um, it's been a blast. It's been a total blast. And I can say, because I didn't know anything about Jacksonville before I moved here. Um, I knew it was big, and that's all I knew. I knew the people <laughs> that were from here, and that's all I knew. I knew nothing. And I was just blown away by how nice everyone was. Like, it really is. There's Southern hospitality here. um, And I experienced that firsthand as soon as I moved here. But it's a great place to live. It's been a great place for me. um, And covering the Jaguars has been a blast so far. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, Season 2 is uh, better than Season 1 for me.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. And definitely, (laughs) definitely please spread the word about Jacksonville. We need as many people on our side as, like, humanly possible. We definitely do. But it's kind
1: of nice. It's kind of nice that it's like a hidden secret in Florida, I think, because um, people don't really know that much about it until they come, and I kind of like it that way because then, you know, more for us, right?
0: Okay, so new plan. Don't tell anybody.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's great. I, me being a, a kind of a Jacksonville lifer, definitely love the city and love what uh, Shad Khan's doing uh, with the team and around the city. Um Really quick, you're a no so that's great. You, you're already good in my book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Helmets and heels—that's a, a great concept. I, I've listened to a couple of shows here in the, in the last few weeks. Um, you guys had Malik Jackson on yesterday, and Josh Evans a week or so ago. Um, one of the first, you know, female sports talk shows in, in, in Florida. Uh, what are you guys, you know, trying to bring to the table versus the other shows uh, and podcasts out there?
1: Yeah, it's a fantastic platform for us. I was really excited um, when I first came to 1010XL. I was excited that they wanted me to be a part of that show as well. So, yeah, it's the first all-female sports radio show in Florida. And we really just tried to bring a different dynamic, um, not only to the radio station, but just to the world of broadcasting in general in sports. Um, I think the biggest thing for us is to provide – a different voice for the players that come on our show. And also when we aren't interviewing players or any other sports figures, I think it's important for women in sports to have a voice because a lot of times we have different opinions than men do. Not always, but a lot of times we do. Um, And so when we interview players, it's fun for us because we like to bring their personalities out because Mm -hmm. when they come on with the guys on our radio station, it's a lot of X's and O's and don't, get it twisted we like to talk x's and o's too but it's fun for us to really bring out their personalities um we want the fans to get to know their jaguars um for who they are off the field because they are real people they don't just you know strap on their pads and and their helmets and and that's it that's it you know there's a real a human being under there and so it's cool to bring that side out um, and I think we've been really successful in that, but also there are a lot of hot topics that go on. And if you listen to our station all day and you're hearing the same or similar things, it's cool for us to come in at night and bring a different perspective on something like maybe the Kaepernick situation
3: right. um, yeah. or
1: something else that's going on. And it's been cool, especially with certain sexual assault um, investigations that have been going on. It's, it's cool to give our perspective because obviously women are involved in that and so um, I think it's it's needed and it's been really really cool for me to be able to not only find my voice but to be able to have a platform to talk about those kinds of things
3: yeah no it that's that's great it's it's awesome the last couple of shows especially yesterday with the Kaepernick uh, I forget who it was one one of your uh, hosts she sounded so passionate oh, about. Yeah. Her, yeah. her brother being a police officer uh husband and father being in the military you could hear the passion in her voice and and you know the good sports stories are are great and then the bad ones unfortunately they get a lot of coverage but then to hear some a different perspective of them besides you know the the norm is, is always something you know different is good in my opinion it's not always it's not always bad. Right. Yeah. And the crowd there
0: was uh, the applause was crazy, too. I I recall that part of the episode. And you can tell you can tell they fed off
1: of her energy, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Donna's incredible. Um, She is a military wife. And so hearing her perspective on things really hits home because, you know, she it felt very disrespected by what was going on. And so it's cool that she has that platform to be able to express her opinion. Um, but the show is cool because the dynamic of all of us, we're all very different off the air. And so on the air, we're also very different, obviously. And so it's cool that we all have, we all may be women, but we're all still very different and we provide different opinions um, on things. But well, we did have Malik Jackson on most recently and, and he was fantastic. And it, it was cool to be able to give fans um, a little insight into a defensive tackle who may be very strong <laughs> and, uh, big and bold on the field, but, um, he is, he is a very nice guy. He has a sense of humor and, uh, you could maybe consider him to be kind of a teddy bear.
3: <laughs>
1: maybe, um, because that's his personality, but, um, it's fun for us to bring that out for sure.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, if I was an opposing running back, that's a teddy bear I don't want to get. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
2: that is funny. very true.
3: That's funny.
1: Yeah,
0: and I, I just kind of add, and not to be corny, but like I have a nine-year-old uh, daughter, and so it is kind of cool to be totally honest with you because I we load up podcasts all day for Jags and other things on the way to school and on the, on the way back, and and she's at the age now where she's starting to really get into sports, and um, and so it's I don't know, it's just cool to kind of have her be able to hear that there is an all-women's radio show and that, uh, you know what, you guys know a heck of a lot about football and the Jaguars. And uh, I don't know, it's just kind of neat. You can tell she definitely takes note of that and and really enjoys it when we play your guys' show when we're coming home from school.
1: I love that. I seriously love that. And when we go out on remotes and we meet... um younger just younger people in general but also like there was a little girl that we met last night it really is cool because when you do radio you can't see the people that listen right and so it's cool when you get feedback whether someone tweets you um or it's on facebook or like what you just told me like that really is cool because it proves that what we're doing really does reach other people and uh, we really do want to inspire people especially little girls like your daughter who hopefully one day will steal our job just not for many years
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's funny um. Well, and and I appreciate it. And kind of shifting gears a little bit, just looking ahead to to week one. Um, you guys did have a poll, I think it was on Twitter. Um, for, for helmet and heels, uh, where you had asked about everyone's confidence level. Um, heading into the opener versus the Packers. And I will say, like, of our limited number of episodes so far, um, episode four was certainly the most negative. I mean, not not that we're completely overreacting, but it was you know probably the most negative one so far because there was a lot of optimism prior to that um with how the starters played versus the Bengals starters but you know during the Jaguars Twitter meltdown because I was at the game and there was certainly a Twitter meltdown going going on um I had saw that you had the tweet um I think it was at halftime where you said I think something along the lines of like oh boy I'll see my way out on this one <laughs> um <laughs> so I thought that was funny but uh what is I guess kind of to turn the the question back to you what is your confidence level at this point in the Jags um versus the Packers in week 1
1: well, I can say that I tried to refrain from tweeting during the game uh, just because I, I like to watch the game. And uh, that game was a very ugly one, as you guys know, since you were there. Um, so I did wait until last time to just kind of throw it out there and just say, oh, boy, because that's all I had to say. It was an ugly game. Uh, the players knew it. The coaches knew it. Um, there are a couple ways to look at it. As a fan, you can freak out and say, holy cow, we got so excited for nothing, and now we're (laughs) back to square one, and we look exactly like we did last year. So thanks for all these false promises. Or you can say, all right, it was the preseason. Yeah, it was week three, and it was supposed to be a dress rehearsal. Yes, we know all of the new additions to this team that were supposed to uh, bring us to the promised land, um, but it is just week three. So maybe this is something that the team needed because in preseason week one and two, they looked phenomenal. Like Bortles could move the ball. The running game improved. Like Bortles made better decisions. The defense looked solid. Everything looked good in the preseason, and then this happened. So I'm not at the point where I'm freaking out by any means or telling fans to freak out, um, but I'm also not going to sit here and say that, the Jags are going to destroy the Packers because must I remind you that Aaron Rodgers will be at Everbank, <laughs> right. Aaron Rodgers. So I don't, it's hard because I don't want to say that they're going to lose. Um, but I can say in the locker room and down at Everbank, there's still a lot of confidence in this team. So just because it was an extremely ugly performance um, against the Bengals, they're still very confident and, they think they have the pieces they need to succeed this season. Whether that success starts in week one or not is yet to be determined.
3: <laughs> exactly. You know, two games, they, were, they look good. One game's bad. Those are going to happen during the season. Uh, I said that on our podcast uh, yesterday. And they have to learn how to overcome those adversities and those steps and, and get back going. So maybe it's good that they had that type of game. And they know that, you know, they need to get back and focus on the little things. Right.
1: Absolutely. I agree 100%. Sometimes you need something to bring you back down to earth and say, all right, well, we thought we got it, but I guess we have a lot of work to do. Now there obviously isn't a lot of time, but, uh, they'll, they'll work out the kinks. And like I said, I don't know that it'll be a perfect game in week one, but I, I think it'll be better than week three. Keep in mind they didn't throw everything out there that they have in their arsenal. Right. um obviously oh, yeah. they did game plan for week three like we know that every team does for the third preseason game um but they still kept it pretty vanilla so that's what i'm saying don't freak out just yet just calm down we'll be fine
0: yeah i think one of when i listened to your guys show uh from yesterday i listened to it today um on the uh app and i i think one of the i, I want to say it was blithe that she had she'd had even thrown out and maybe she was kidding but the fire gus bradley card <laughs> and so when i heard well, yeah
1: yeah, so we did, um an overreaction segment.
0: Is that what that was? Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, so that was an overreaction of the fans that she chose to address. So she didn't say, we need to fire Gus Bradley. She was saying, uh, fans are overreacting, overreacting saying, we need to, you know, get Gus out of there. And that's definitely an overreaction.
3: So Amanda, you had a tweet, a sweet, uh, sweet, uh from the Gus Bradley, uh, presser, um, uh, when they announced Beacham to be the starter at left tackle and Jokel at guard. Um, the fact that, uh, Beecham hasn't been able to, uh, really participate in practice up till, uh, you know, a few days ago. And then obviously he played in the Bengals game. And would you say that Beacham, you know, at left tackle, uh, has been destiny since the moment the Jag signed him or, or, you know, this just, or did they really want to work Jokel out at that left tackle before they made the change? What, what do you think?
1: My opinion is that they did want a competition, but I think in the back of their minds when they brought Beecham in, they wanted him to be the starting left tackle. But they also wanted Jokel to compete so it was a real competition. The problem was, like you said, Beecham was never able to compete because he was hurt, so it never really was a competition. Um, but it kind of fell into their lap, I think, the way they wanted it all along. The only negative here is that, you know, for Jokel personally, he sees himself as a left tackle. He wants that left tackle spot, and we saw um, in the preseason game in week two, he did pretty well at left tackle. And then he struggled a little bit at guard um, in week three when Beecham finally played a game at left tackle. So it's hard because Jokel is a team player, and that's what they need. But he does still view himself as a left tackle. So it will be interesting, um, but just announced it and uh, they're ready to go. Week one, it will be Beachum at tackle and Joko at guard.
3: Yeah. And I think, you know, when, you know, obviously you know, the whole Twitter eruption during the game, you know, he was going up against a guy that's a pro bowler and like, you know, a really good defensive tackle at his first ever game, regardless of right. preseason or regular season at left guard. Yeah. So, give him the benefit of the doubt and just see if he can work at it and really, you know, him and Beacham can form a tandem on that left side.
1: Right. And the problem for Jokul as well is that he already has a target on his back. Fans already think that he's not very good because of how he played last year. So he, it, it's going to be a constant uphill battle for him. But, yes, it does take time to get chemistry um, playing next to each other, and that was their first game ever playing next to each other. And it takes a lot of communication – to be able to work together on that offensive line, and Brandon Linder's done a fantastic job at center, but he's near that spot as well. So fans are going to have to be patient a little bit with that side of the line. Um, I know that it's less forgiving, since obviously <laughs> when they mess up, everyone sees. Um, mm-hmm. But it's going to take a little bit of time to gel. That's just the way it goes.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and with Jokel being, you know, Caldwell's first pick. Um, as, as the Jags GM. And now we got a, you know, he was drafted to play left tackle. Now he's at left guard. Contracts coming up. Like, what do you think? Do you think he'll, you know, test the free agent market? Will, you know, if he has, if he has a good season, will he try and, you know, come back to the team or say that, you know, you guys, you know, didn't have faith in me, so I'm going to test the waters?
1: At the end of the day, as a football player, you want to do whatever you can to play. You want to be on the field and you want to be making an impact somehow. However, for Luke Jokel, because he views himself as a left tackle, I just have this feeling that he's going to want to test the free agent market at the end of this year to be the left tackle he thinks he can be, unless he happens to have a fantastic year at guard, and at the end of the year the Jags say, hey, we want to extend you, we want to re-sign you, but it's going to be at left guard. And then at that point, Jokel will have to make a decision. But um, I just... If you say over and over again, I'm a left tackle, but I'm a team player. Um, I don't know. I just think because he sees himself as a left tackle, he's been, you know, in Jacksonville for a few years. I think he might test the waters a little bit in
3: 2017. Yeah, yeah. I kind of have the same feeling too. That, uh, and it's not to say that he doesn't like the Jags organization. I'm sure he.
2: Oh he, he no, does, no! Absolutely but,
3: not. But you, you know, it's, it's almost kind of you know, you got to do what you got to do if that's how you feel. You know, so of course. He um, seems like he's handling
0: it extremely professionally, too, though. Like, all the quotes he has, is just it seems like that's going to do nothing but help him uh, in free agency, too, just his whole attitude.
1: Absolutely. He has been so, so encouraging and very at peace with this, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, he's not one to make it about himself. He really is a team guy, um, and he, he's put together. He's a stand-up guy. Um, and he's willing to do whatever for this team. And I think he also knows that this team is built and Gus is ready to win with this team. And so is Dave. And so he's not going to be the guy that says, listen, I see all these pieces and I know we're ready to win, but what about me? Like I want to be the left tackle or I'm out. Like he's not, he's just not that guy. Um, so I think he, he means it when he says he's going to do whatever he can to be the best left guard
3: he can be i really believe he means that yeah yeah and we're i hope that they really get it down you know i'm a strong advocate of the running game so the better the offensive line the better our running game will be and then the better that our team will be so uh, i hope i hope that ends up turning out to be the case that he he stays with us but you never know um last question here amanda just kind of a, a on a whim where's julius (laughs) <laughs> where's, where's he at? Do we need to get where's one of those Where's Sankey? Waldo's hat? Yeah.
1: <laughs> where's Julius Thomas? The loaded <laughs> question. Well, it's interesting because there's been a lot of talk about Julius this training camp just because there were a lot of high expectations for him last year. Um, he was with the Broncos. He was very successful there. And then he came here um he struggled to kind of gel with Blake. They kind of they weren't really on the same page a lot and then he got injured so that was a detriment um, to them gaining chemistry and so last year wasn't the best year for him. But he said during training camp, "Hey, me and Blake, our chemistry is better than ever. We have an awesome relationship and our communication is there so we're going to get it done." Um Blake is also the kind of guy that even if there's a miscommunication, he'll take the blame on it. I know that in week two, I believe it was, um, sorry, my weeks are totally messed up. I don't even know what day it is. Um, <laughs> I believe it was in week two when Blake threw that really low ball to Julius. And the argument was, was it a catchable ball? Because Julius dropped it and he would have scored on that play. Right.
3: Um,
1: and he didn't. And I think it was a catchable ball. Um, <laughs> yes, it was thrown low. I understand. But it was catchable. He should have caught it. Um, But Blake took the blame and was like, yeah, it was was my fault. You know, it was miscommunication. I threw the ball too low, blah, blah, blah. So Blake will not hesitate to take the blame for his guy. Um, But I don't want fans to think that Julius won't be an asset to this offense this year because he definitely will be. Um, He is someone that Blake trusts. And this is year two together in this system, in Greg Olson's system with Blake and with all the other receivers. Um, And so – he will be used, and I don't want fans to freak out. There's not going to be a Where's JT in Week <laughs> 7. He'll be there. You'll see him. Don't worry. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's it's really uh, – I'm hoping that, the you know, obviously the Jags are definitely not showing their hands or all their cards, so I'm hoping that he's a big part of those plans. And with, you know, Bortles, I've noticed that a couple times he's come out and stepped up and said, you know, you know we or it was my – Um, And he's always been, you know, team or himself. So I, I like that quality in, in a QB. He he definitely, you know, stands up for his guys. It's, it's good stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. Blake is not one to throw any of his teammates under the bus. Definitely not. Which is awesome. Like you said, that that's, a, that's what a real leader does. And that's why right. it's cool because he has this locker room. The offense believes in him. And that's really, really important, especially for a young quarterback. When you're still working out certain things, it's very important for your team um, and specifically your offense to be behind you. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I will say, uh, final thing, not a question, sort of, but kind of playing off what Mike Duraco was joking about on the last podcast, if Gus Bradley released a motivational audiobook, would you buy it, and how much would you pay for it?
1: Oh my gosh, I absolutely would, and I would play it every morning when I woke <laughs> up, because it would motivate me to have the best day ever. I'm such a big fan of Gus. Gus yeah. is so fantastic. I'll tell you a really quick story about Gus that I'll never forget. This stands out to me. Um so I got to meet him personally when I first came. I was introduced with him. I got to sit down with him in his office. He like took time to meet me like when I first um came to Jacksonville, which was incredible. Wow. But I'd say like a month a month after that, this was last season, I'm walking through the hallway and I'm leaving Everbank. I got to go back to the station to edit all my sound that I got from the day. And Gus is walking a short distance behind me, but I didn't know he was behind me. I had no idea. And he, he calls to me to turn around and stop to, to chat with me. Well, he, he does this to ask me how my job is going. I didn't even see him. He could have just let me keep walking. I had no idea he was behind me. Hey, how's the job going? How's Jacksonville? Is everyone being nice to you? Like, how's everything going? Like he genuinely wanted to know how I was doing and how, um, how everyone was treating me because he knew I was new to Jacksonville and new to the job. And that'll always stick with me because who am I to him? You know what I mean? Like he right. does not need to stop me in the hallway and ask about that. And that truly is who Gus is. He does that with everyone. That wasn't just me. Um, he's he's just a really genuine guy. And, and that's why this team plays so hard for him. When you hear players say we want to win for Gus, it's true because, he cares about each and every one of his players and everyone that works for him and around him. And it shows. So that should make fans buy into him as a person. Um, and that's not to say that his strategy to win, it, it might not work. You know, people yeah. fail, good people fail and that just happens. but um, but fans should, should really grab onto Gus while he's here. Cause he's, truly good people
0: for sure. And that's been the theme with us. You know, we, we love Gus. We think he's awesome and we definitely want him to succeed and stay on as the coach because the team succeeds and the city succeeds. So thanks again, like so much. Uh, It's, it's, you're incredibly busy and for you to take the time out (laughs) to kind of do this is just ridiculous. So we are so appreciative. Uh, And so um, thank you. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Thanks. thanks for having me. Anytime I get to chat Jags, I mean, I do it all day anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Well, it's and.
1: Awesome. Thank you for having me. I wish you guys continued success with this podcast. Keep it up.
0: Yeah, thank you. And so, and remember, guys, uh, you can follow Amanda on Twitter at, at Amanda1010XL um her website amandaborges.net um i think there was even some uh you know audio files that you can play on there and kind of play back stuff and um and of course on the air as we all know on 1010 XL 92.5 FM Jacksonville Sports Radio um definitely check her out her tweets are great and um her shows both shows are really good um but we appreciate it thanks everyone for listening to Down by the Bank uh, please like us on Facebook and Twitter at down by the bank one word to see when new episodes are out. Um, subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud, and if you could, please rate and review us on iTunes. Um, you know, we will bribe you for five star reviews, so please, please do that.
3: I'm handing out cookies for five stars.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, so that's that's all good. So please do that.
2: Thanks, guys. Talk to you later.